name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So who's starting school tomorrow? Hands up. Yeah, we got some. Got some. Yeah, good luck. Hope school goes well for you guys. We took uh, Bronwyn down this week to college to move in. And her big brother Jacob uh, came down and helped us out. And her twin brothers helped. It was really fun. At one point, we were walking across campus, and I said, Jacob, thanks so much for coming and helping your sister. And he said, what? I had a choice? <laughs> Today's Old Testament reading is taken from Joshua and contains that well-known verse, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Choose this day. Americans are very big on having choices. We make hundreds of choices every day. Some of them are inconsequential and trivial. Some are profound and have long-lasting consequences. Some are informed, some are spontaneous. Some are easy, some are hard. Sometimes we have to choose between the lesser of two evils. We choose schools and friends and boyfriends and careers and colleges, overwhelmed by choices. I remember the days when we used to have to sit near the TV so that we could either choose channel three or channel 12. That was our two choices. If we didn't like what was on those two, we went outside to play. Remember those days? And now kids have you know, cell phone screens and laptop screens and iPad screens and TV screens and all kinds of choices before them. Some of the biggest issues we face as a nation are framed in the context of choice pro-choice and anti-choice in the abortion debate. Same-sex marriage and whether sexual orientation is a choice or not. Racial issues and law enforcement, how to respond to things. The, uh, did you see the cover of the last Time magazine? What it's like to be a cop in America, getting increasingly untenable to do that. Policemen who must make split-second choices when confronted by volatile situations and now are hesitating because they're wondering how it will be spun in the media the next day. And of course, we're enmeshed in the upcoming election and we will have our choice of president. We even have stories about being given a choice at the pearly gates. A man dies and he goes to the pearly gates. It doesn't look like St. Peter and he asks, are you St. Peter? And he says, well, no, I'm not. Man has kind of a wispy comb over with a baseball cap, blue blazer, white shoes. He says, I think I can do a better job than St. Peter. <laughs> I'm going to give you a choice. You can go upstairs or downstairs, and I'm going to build a wall between them. And he says, but I'm going to let you see them before you, get, before you make your choice. So the guy says, well, this sounds pretty fair. He didn't even expect to have a choice. So he goes downstairs. And the elevator opens the door, and there's a party going on. It's party time, and there's barbecue, good music, and the sun's shining, and nice people around. And the guy says, you know what, I, I made my choice. I'll stay here. And uh, the, the gatekeeper says, no, you're not allowed to. You have to go check out the other one. So he gets back in the elevator, goes up to the top, opens the door, and it's nice, but it's kind of formal. It's kind of wispy, clouds, harps, you know, and he thought, maybe this would be boring. So he says, okay, I've made my choice. I'll choose downstairs. And, and he, the gatekeeper says, are you sure? Is that your final choice? Yes, that is my choice. 
So he says, okay. So he goes downstairs, opens the elevator door, and it's completely different. It's scorched earth. It's like weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, and it's horrible. The guy said, what happened? I thought this, when I was here before, was really nice. He says, yeah, that's when we were campaigning, but now you've cast your vote. (laughs) (laughs) Choice is foundational to our democracy. Choice is fundamental to our understanding of freedom. It defines our dignity as human beings to be given a choice. If freedom of choice defines us as a person, though, then we must accept the personal responsibility for our choices. We are responsible for our choices and actions to be rewarded if we choose well and to suffer the consequences if we don't. And hence the reality of what we call in the Bible sin. When God created us, he could have made us robots, programmed us, we have to do everything right. But instead he gave us free choice. It was so important for, for, to him that we would respond to him with freedom and love. He created us, provided for us, invited us to be in relationship with, us, with him, and cautioned us, pointing out the consequences if we to, were to choose against him. We could choose to align ourselves with him, or we could rebel and defy him. Was freedom worth it? Was it that important to God that we freely choose to love and serve him? Apparently it was. The risk. And hence the disastrous reality that we see every day of bad choices, of sin and selfishness and evil. A British newspaper once posed the question to its readers, what's wrong with the world? They got many responses. One response stood out. The great G.K. Chesterton wrote a letter to to answer the question, what's wrong with the world? And he said, dear sirs, I am sincerely G.K. Chesterton. That profound understanding that our personal individual rebellion against God is at the root of so many problems. Jesus' offer of himself as the living bread is crucially important because we cannot save ourselves. And so Joshua says, choose this day whom you will serve. Now it's important to remember when he said this. He said this when they were well established in the land of Israel. God had been faithful. They demonstrated his power and love by leading them out of Egypt, leading them through the desert, bringing them into the promised land, dispersing his enemies and establishing them in the homeland. Now he says, choose this day. It is a renewal of their choice, an ongoing opportunity to declare yet again that this is my choice. This is what defines me. What's it mean for us today? to respond to Joshua's challenge. Choose this day whom you will serve. Let's uh, turn to the Gospels, if you will, in your bulletin. John chapter 6, we're almost finishing up. John, we left out the last verse of John's chapter 6, which I'll bring up in a moment. But let's just turn, if you would, in the bulletin. We've been looking in uh, the past few weeks, it's about five weeks, we've been in the chapter 6 of John's Gospel. 
And we've been looking how Jesus has been pushing his Jewish listeners to make a choice between remaining satisfied with the law and their traditions or to embrace him. It kind of characterizes the, the traditions and the law as manna. Manna was one of these defining characteristics of that period. And now Jesus said, but I am the new living bread that's come down out of heaven. And they have chosen to reject Jesus. Chosen not to go that way. But now in verse 60, not only those who have come out to oppose Jesus, but those who have been his disciples. It said many disciples chose to turn away, to stop following. It was too hard. Who could accept such a thing? They've complained. They grumbled. And Jesus says to them, look in the text, has this offended you? Jesus understood that what he's saying is a, an offense. The Greek word is scandalizo. It's a scandal. The scandal of the cross. And who is it a scandal to? It is a scandal to our pride that would say, I can cope by myself. On my own, I can make two good choices. I don't need you. When I get in trouble, I can fix it. And so it is an offense to our pride. It's repulsive. And now he turns to the 12. So he's, he's, uh, re the listeners have turned away. Those who followed what they called disciples have turned away. And now he turns to the 12. Do you also wish to turn away? Simon Peter says, where can we go? It's almost like he now doesn't have a choice. It's been clarified for him who this Jesus is. What claim he has on our allegiance. Where could we go? You have the words of eternal life. You are the Holy One of God. But then the verse that's left out of John chapter 6, I don't know why the lectionary makes these decisions. Because as important it is for us to choose, and we must, the more important than that is that God has chosen us. Verse 7, he says to the 12, have I not chosen you? And in chapter 15, he even clarifies it. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Our choice to serve God is a good choice because he chose to serve us. You may have already chosen Christ. Do you need to reaffirm your choice by coming here in a public service, incorporating Christ into our bodies? Is that kind of reaffirmation of our choice, this declaration that I need to keep being realigned? It's sort of like people with GPS. Have you ever seen them with their phone? going like this. <laughs> They're recalibrating their compass. And that's what we do here. You may have chosen Christ in a way that was uninformed. You may have grown up in a Christian family, in a Christian nation, and not really thought about it. This is just who I am. And maybe we need to consider the options again so that our choice is thoughtful and informed. Jesus tells the parable of two armies going to war against each other. And he says, one of the generals will sit down and say, he has that many soldiers and I have this many soldiers. Can I engage him in battle or not? And if not, 
Don't do it. Sue for peace. You may have never made the choice to receive Christ. Maybe you're sitting on the fence, waiting for some sign to put you over the edge. I remind you, not to choose is to choose. So John chapter 6 talks a lot about Jesus being the bread. And it has graphic language, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Just very off-putting and hard to understand in our culture. But it is a dramatic image of so incorporating Jesus into ourselves, our bodies and souls and minds and wills, that we can live for him. There's a lot of talk in Christianity about how it relates to our mind and our heart and our body. But when Joshua challenges us to choose this day, he is speaking to our wills. Will you? Will your choices arise from selfish or insecure motives? Will we respond to the world around us from fear or hate or deception? Or by coming to Christ, eating him, responding to his invitation so that he gets inside us, so that we can make good choices in this world of hate to choose love, in this world of violence to choose peace, in this world of indifference to choose compassion and justice and faith, will you allow God to lead you into a life of faith, of risk, of love, opening ourselves, being vulnerable in this world? And G.K. Chesterton also says, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found too difficult and left untried. Brothers and sisters, let us push into the deep and make good choices for him and for love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.